Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for a long time and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as Chris is, we're ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. A special <laughs> thanks to Alob. Also, congratulations, Matt, on that sick burn. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, hey, buddy. listen. No, no problem. I know you listen to your podcast at a 1.2 or a 1.5 speed. I know everyone else uh, probably listens to us at uh, 2.0 Normal or speed. 3.0 speed or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what speed everybody listens to. I like to try to get through my podcast relatively quickly, you know, because I'm not always, I don't know, I'm not in the car all that long. And so I want to make it quicker, you know, than just same time, right? Because then I feel like I get more done. I don't know. So I listen to it, yeah, at, at one and a half speed. Because you're a human doing instead of a human being. <laughs> Is that your version of the sick burn? <laughs> it was neither sick nor a burn. So, um, but I want it, listener. I want to encourage you right now to go ahead and listen to it at 1.0 speed, just regular speed. Because what we discovered is if you change it to half speed, stop. Hold on, not there yet. Don't go there yet. Let's oh do my that gosh! In a second. Okay. But like, go ahead. so I listen to us at, at one and a half, and yes, I do listen to my own show because I want to hear you know whatever. And I don't know if that's vanity or just making sure that the quality is up there. It's quality but, control. Yeah, there you go. Um, ever so often, I'll listen to it, uh, us on normal speed, and I'm like, man, we sound bored. Like what? Like like on normal speed, we sound boring or bored because I'm used to us being I don't know so fast paced in, in our in the way that we talk. And so when I listen to it as on normal speed, I'm like, man, we sound bored. But then, like you said, Chris, when you listen to us on half speed, what do we sound like? Well, I'll let the <laughs> listener decide. Here we go. Some of it is absolutely like, whoa, there's no way a seven-year-old should be able to draw at that level. <laughs> but it's not going in a museum. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, if, if people came and looked at it, they'd be like, what, did a seven-year-old draw this? <laughs> okay, that's enough. Um, I'm, I'm cracking up here. It sounds oh, yeah. like a scene out of Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> yeah, it does. Sounds like we're completely drunk. You know? yeah. And I think if you do that to almost any podcast, that's going to happen. So have some fun with that. I'm telling you. I, and I think it helps me take ourselves a little lighter. Amen. You know, so if, if we get to a topic that's way too serious or too heavy, um, just put it on half speed and laugh your way through the contents. Uh, we had some fun with that. I, I, I've shared that with like six different people. Um, I find it more funny than they do normally, but they at least humor me. So Yeah, um, and it, like if they slow this episode down to half speed, then that particular spot is going to be at a quarter speed. It's going to sound really, really interesting. It, well, some of them, because I tried it with other podcasts, because this is me, my, my sense of humor. And some of them sound drunk, and some yeah. of them actually sound like they're they're having a stroke or like having an end-of-life moment, and it gets like kind of real for a minute, you know? So yep. Um, yep. not not everyone's going to sound as hilarious <laughs> as us, and that's, that's good. All right. Pat so today we're talking about something that we've alluded to on previous podcasts, um, but it's it's really important for anyone in ministry you know, how do you find the right job? How do you find the right place to work, the right position? And many of us have made mistakes over the years as to, to where we say yes, you know, to uh, where we start to work at. And so I wanted to talk about that 
Um, and Chris has a blog about this on Next Level Next Ministry, Level yeah, ministry. And it's basically yeah. um, it's titled Youth Ministry Interview. Like it's it's basically how to succeed at a youth ministry interview. Um, I, I want I want to kind of frame it in a bigger thing. If you are just a volunteer ministry leader, I think this information is relevant as well because when you're when you're volunteering somewhere, you want to make sure some of these things are in place for you as well. So um, yeah. So let's dive in, Matt. What's what's the first thing you want to look at when you're looking for a uh, a job as a ministry leader? So I would the first thing is I don't know if if you are I mean define your scope is what I would say first. So if you're just looking to work in parish ministry, if you're just working looking to make disciples in general, you could go for youth ministry, you could go for RCIA, you could go for multiple different roles in ministry. But more than likely, there's a particular audience that you have a passion for. Yes. And so you're going to narrow the scope to that particular area that you want to work in. Um, but then also, there may be a region you know, in the country where you want to work. It could be a very narrow region like, you know, let's say the Dallas area. I want to work in the Dallas area in youth ministry. Um, and then you just narrowed your scope quite a bit more. And when you do, when you narrow your scope to that level, you're going to limit the number of openings that there are. If you say, I want to be a, I don't know, an RCIA coordinator in the Dallas area, there, I mean, how many jobs like that, that might there be that are open, period? Right, that like, are open, that exist, period. So there's probably exist. only 60 of those jobs in the parishes that, that exist around there, and maybe four of them are open on an annual basis. Yeah, absolutely. And so you've narrowed your scope quite a bit. And if you're going to do that, you have to be prepared to wait in a way for those positions to open or to take a different role in an interim to be ready for that next one. Well, there's the wait in two cents, right? You have to wait on the position to open, but you might also have to wait tables in order to uh, feed yourself while you're uh, finding yeah, out if that while position you're waiting. will open. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, many of us, especially when starting out in ministry, we have the ability to, like, broaden that scope to the whole nation, you know, the whole country. You know, I can work anywhere, and I'm fine with working anywhere, but I want to work in youth ministry, you know, somewhere in the nation. So that, that broadens the scope quite a bit, but then you have to be very careful with regards to which one you say yes to, because the Catholic culture across the nation is different. It's different across town. Can you imagine how different it is across the state or in a different state? Sure. So you have to be real, you have to pay attention to what you're looking for. I just, I just imagine the person who's like, I really want to be a confirmation coordinator, lead teens into the confirmation process, help them see that it's not graduation, but it's actually initiation, different things like that. And then you land in a diocese doing restored order and you're the confirmation (laughs) coordinator and you're like, ah, there's seven year olds. I'm doing prep for seven year olds, (laughs) you know? Um, and regardless of where you fall with the, uh, the whole restored order piece, there's something to keep in mind that a diocese that has restored order um, has a different experience for youth ministers when youth ministry in places that don't have restored order is a lot of times tied or connected to a confirmation prep and, and even yep. attendance and engagement looks different at those parishes than at parishes that are doing the restored order because there's not kind of the carrot to drag them along. It's uh, It's got to be a little bit more discipleship focused or I don't know. I'm tripping over my words here, yeah. but there's a difference. No, that absolutely. Aware of. It's it, there's a difference in ministry if your um, if your population is confirmed, 
you know, either at seven years old or even in eighth grade versus 10th grade. It just, yeah. it, it changes the dynamics of how you do ministry. Um, and I wonder if that's, you know, if it should be that way, you know, that may be a whole nother topic is, you know, if confirmation is in uh, an elementary level versus a high school level, should it change the way that you do youth ministry? I actually like that topic. I'm going to write that down. But basically the, the idea that I'm trying to share is look everywhere. But if you, if you're narrowing your scope, prepare to look for a long time or to prepare, prepare to wait. So if you're going to have a broad scope, then you may be able to find a job quickly. If you're going to have a narrow scope, you're going to take some time, you know, to find your role. And that around all that is don't rush it just for the sake of rushing it. If, if you need a job, then get a job. But don't get a ministry job that is a bad fit. Right. And that is what I see happen so often. So in that post that we referenced, it talks about the job interview. And the job interview is actually twofold. It's them interviewing you. It's you interviewing them. And so we have seen all too often people who jump into a position because they want a position in ministry instead of jumping into the right position. Yeah. And so there's there's a couple of different factors in regards to knowing if it's the right position. When you interview a parish or when you're going to interview at a parish, when you found one that you want to apply for, you need to ask around. So w- yeah. what does it mean to ask around? Well, first, well, both, in the job yeah. interview itself, you need to ask them a few questions and see their responses. Um, is this the first time this position has been here? Uh, why did the last person leave? I love this question. What's one thing that you would change from the last person and what's one thing you would absolutely keep the same from the last person that gauges expectations on leadership but you don't have to just interview people at the parish you can go ahead and ask around so matt what would you say who would you ask around to find out about the parish i mean ask other youth ministers in the area ministers at other parishes ask them about you know that parish that you're interviewing at Ask the previous youth minister from that parish, you know, what, what would you say about this? Ask other people that you trust that may have an insight and, and listen to what they say, because the, the whole idea, and as you were talking, I was thinking about what everybody says before you get married, you know, don't expect them to change, (laughs) you know, if don't marry someone expecting them to be someone else after you marry them or expecting them to to change because it's not going to happen. You know, and that's if you think, oh, no, I can handle this. I can make them change. I can make it work. Eh, that's probably not the best attitude going in, you know, to the to the position, to the role. You're going to be hitting your head against the wall two years in, into it. And it's, it's going to hurt. Yeah. Yep. Um, the other piece is to make sure you're being hired as part of a vision. In other words, when I go into uh, a ministry setting, I want to make sure, OK, they're going to hire me or they're going to hire you and they're not going to see you as an expense. Okay. We're, we've got a budget of like 22,000 for this. Your ask is 35,000 a year because you want to survive and pay off your student loans (laughs) or you want to feed your children. (laughs) Yeah. We'll meet you at 25, but that's really stretching, you know, and so make sure that you're going to be sustained, supported. But if they see the ministry position as an expense instead of an investment in the community, then that's going to change the way things operate all the time. You're going to be trying to get a purchase order for basketballs and they're going to be questioning, you know, do we really need two basketballs or one? Well, our, our youth, there's 300 of them. We need 30 <laughs> basketballs, but I, I know that that would be a no. So let's at least get to, you know, things like that. Um, so you want to make sure that they're willing to invest in ministry, not just expense 
ministry. And um, you see that in the negotiation. You see that in in some of the other things that the parish has. But if you're not aware of that going in, it can make a brutal, brutal experience. And as, when we're talking about um, finding the right position, you may actually find that asking a parish that's big, like a large parish, talking to that youth minister directly and saying, hey, I would like to intern with you and learn about youth ministry. Um, if you guys could, if if you guys could pay something, you know, some sort of stipend per month or whatever for me to be a part-time intern, I'll wait tables the rest of the time so that I can make ends meet. But then you actually learn from someone who has experience. You gain experience so that then when you go out to get a full-time position, you actually have some experience to show. You have the resume, employer. but you also have the experience to, is this for me? You know, yeah, absolutely. I, and, and whether that's a sales job or a ministry position, you should always kick the tires first. And an internship is a great way to kick the tires. A volunteering for a program is a great way to kick the tires as well. But you need to step up to that leader, whoever the ministry leader is. If you're a volunteer that wants to go into ministry full time, you need to go ahead and tell the leader, I need more responsibility. I need to see the other side of it because a lot of ministry leaders, uh, volunteers, a lot of times they don't see how the sausage is made. They don't see yeah, behind the, yeah. the back of the store. They only see the front of the store. Uh-huh. And, oh, my gosh, the front of the store is awesome. You've got, for youth <laughs> ministry, you've got teens you're spending time with, dynamic stuff. Things are always moving and going. Um, <laughs> but chasing down a baptismal certificate for confirmation. Yep. And three phone calls, five emails, and a visit to the house later. Like, that's not that fun. You know, it's yeah. just not that fun. And you need to see both sides of it so you can have a full perspective as you discern. Absolutely. Yeah. And setting the budgets, you know, all that stuff that goes behind the scenes. Having the experience in that and being like, wait, well, maybe, you know, I like the volunteering side of youth ministry and I'll just be an accountant, you know, or whatever. There's um, also the pedestal effect that I think needs to uh, be removed. And, and this, this is going to sound weird, but I think that, and rightly so, we have priests and ordained on a pedestal. Hmm. And they should be in a number of different ways. But we should also recognize that they are people as well. And yep. there's frustrations that occur. Most of the time that I see a priest frustrated, and, and sometimes they express anger or that frustration in appropriate ways. And sometimes it's in, in ways that are maybe a little bit more hurtful. But most of the time I've seen a priest frustrated. It actually comes from a frustration because they're so vision driven and vision focused, which is actually a good thing. If things aren't aligning with the gospel, there should yep. be frustration. Uh, but yep. if you think that a priest will never raise his voice or never get frustrated or angry or something like that, that pedestal effect makes it very, very difficult in your first year of ministry because the pastor and you are going to disagree on some things. And Patrick Lencioni, this uh, organizational health expert, talks about how conflict is healthy. There's well, there's unhealthy conflict, but healthy conflict. You need to be prepared for healthy conflict with those that lead you, including the priest or the ordained. And yep. and that's okay. If, if you can't kind of cross that, it was hard for me. It was almost like the curtain fell, you know, and I was like, oh man, priests can get mad. I thought they could only get to heaven, you know. So. <laughs> if you're going to expand your, your view of where, what t- type of job you're going to go for, understand that they're not all ministry jobs are the same. And this may be like one of the stupid, most obvious things to say. But when I first came back to Texas from my graduate degree, I was looking for youth ministry jobs and there, there wasn't anything available in the area where we were moving. 
And I didn't really have a choice. That was where we were moving, right? right. Because of my wife's job, you know, I was, I just told her, we'll find, I'll find ministry wherever we go. Cause there is ministry to be done everywhere you live. And so I, the, the local Catholic school was hiring for theology teachers for freshman theology. And I, and I, there wasn't a youth ministry job. So I said, okay, yeah, this, this sounds like ministry. Um, and so I said, yes, you know, I'll, I'll be the, the ninth grade theology teacher and I'll also be the IT guy, you know, at the school. And like, I quickly learned that, and this is one of those obvious things that teaching, you know, even teaching theology is not youth ministry. Right. It's not the same thing. I would, and, and I, I couldn't help it periodically. I would just take my kids out of the classroom, take them to the Mary garden and, and youth minister at them, you know? <laughs> and, and that probably but, caused friction with some of the other teachers at the school. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, but I couldn't take it. And so I taught for a year. And then after a period of time, I ended up being the volunteer middle school youth minister. And then I got the the middle school youth ministry job, you know, at that parish. Sure. But anyway, I opening your mind and, and opening the options of where you're going, it make sure to adjust your expectations fittingly. That's fair. And I think that uh, the flip side is 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 true in regards to your analogy. There might be a Catholic school teacher out there that's phenomenal in the classroom, and then they're transferring to a new area. And, well, I guess the youth minister's job is open at this area, so I'll take that. Mm. And then they try and make their youth ministry program a Catholic school, mm. and they're going to have just as much frustration. So yeah. make sure that you're leading with your gifts. Lead with your strengths. But sometimes if you're moving to a specific area, there's a lot of narrow type of pieces. And so... Where can my strengths add value if it's not going to be in this situation and that situation? And I think you did the best that you could, even if you took the kids outside a few times in that yep. Catholic school setting, you know. Um, yeah. Other things that you need to look at in regards to it is, what else am I lacking? And actually to be honest with them and say, hey, I would like to get a degree in theology or a master's degree in theology or a certification what what do you guys do? What type of ongoing formation or support do you have for your employees? And what does that what does that look like? The other piece is what does work life balance really look like? And it, it's fair. RCIA coordinators like there is no work life balance when uh, it comes to the it comes to Holy Week. You're yeah. just running and hustling the whole time. But tax accountants during April, you know, are are, are in the same, same position. Yep. But then is there a time of recovery? Can I? Please not have to come into the office on uh, Divine Mercy Sunday, the weekend after Easter, and just go cry into my pillow at the beauty <laughs> and the exhaustion that exists following Holy Week for, for those who help with RCIA. And so what does work-life balance look like? Because when you're uh, going into a position, we want sustained ministry. And the way that we accomplish that is through sustained ministry leaders. So interview yep. interview for that part as well. Look into that part as well. These are the type of questions you want to ask uh, current employees that are there, former employees that have been there, uh, and pieces like that. And that leads great into the next point, which is don't get in over your head. So the the whole idea behind this is that you know you have to kind of know know your strengths, know who you are, know your capability. If you are straight out of college, whether it's undergraduate or graduate degree. The, the likelihood that you are going to be able to adequately coordinate a 10,000 family parish youth ministry program is probably pretty low. Now, Chris, I don't know if you would agree or disagree with me on that. It, it would take a really special person to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I, I would absolutely agree. 
And so take your time. Like, and, and there's a reason why, you know, priests, when they're given their first pastorship, it's at a small parish. Like, give them something that's bite size in a way, um, something that's more manageable. Manageable, absolutely. Now, the problem is most small parishes don't pay full time for a youth minister. Um, so you're looking probably around 2,000 families, you know, is the smallest parish I've, th- I've seen that will hire a full time youth minister. On average, now maybe you'll find some that really do see the value and invest, but it could be any ministry job, not just youth ministry. Right. But look for that size of the parish that that will stretch you, but won't break you. And the challenge, and here's the flip side of it, because it's more manageable because of the smaller numbers, but because of the smaller amount of resources often found in smaller parishes, that you're not just going to be uh, the ministry leader for this. You're, you won't just be the DRE. <laughs> Just like you, you weren't just the Catholic school teacher. You were also the IT guy. And yep. so there might be other hats that are stacked on you. Um, make sure that you're okay with those hats, that you're capable in those those areas. It actually creates a, a kind of a cross-training skill set. But you don't want to be in a position where you're up there five nights a week because you're you're leading the music ministry just because you happen to own a guitar. You're, yeah. you're doing youth nights. You're doing middle school RCIA and... Uh, and, and young adult ministry. And you're just like, and, oh my gosh. Oh, and by the way, can you do marriage prep as well? Marriage prep. And you're like, yeah, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a single guy, but I, I'd be happy to, you know? So it's, <laughs> it's so, it's so hard. But, but, and, and then the other, the other piece is learn the power of delegation as well. Yep. And so for you to coordinate a ministry doesn't mean that you have to be up there the night that the ministry is executed. Sure, at the beginning of the year, the first couple of sessions, sure, absolutely be there to support it and make sure that it gets in the air. Uh, but just because you're in charge of the ministry doesn't mean that you're the only minister that can make that a reality. And I think that that is one of the things that I struggled with to learn. My first year in ministry, guess who gave all the talks? Chris Bartlett, the guy with a degree in theology from Franciscan University of Steubenville. You know what I mean? And I had this little uh, <laughs> feather in my cap or stick up my butt. Like that's really yeah. kind of the way to describe it. That, that did not allow other people to take ownership of the ministry. So guess what they did? They walked. They walked. I lost yeah. 80% of the volunteers at the end of my first year, and uh, and rightfully so. And so yeah. we need to make sure that we delegate it just because we have all these things. If your skill set doesn't lie there, the parish has someone whose skill set will and empower them, empower them to be uh, to partner with you in that area. Great. So, so far we've said, you know, make sure you set your focus to where you want it and set your expectations for how long it's going to take to get that job. The more narrow the scope, the longer it's going to take you to find that job. Don't rush it. Be ready to wait tables as you're waiting for the job. Don't be afraid to learn from other people, both in whether or not you take the job. Do an internship if you can. Don't get in over your head, right? But also don't get in under your heart. And so if you're finding that there's not enough passion or, or kind of vision at the place that you're going to, don't go there. If it doesn't have the ability to allow you to uh, shout the gospel, some places I've been, you can hear people whisper the gospel, but it's like, yeah, yeah, we're just kind of really focused on maintaining, you know, things, not really mission focused. Then, then go to a different place 
Or if you yeah. want to go ahead and say, no, I'm all about infrastructures that'll slowly build ministry one inch at a time, then you're perfect for a place that's going to kind of move vision very slowly forward. And those are needed in different settings, depending on size, depending on structure, depending on history and things like that. But don't get in over your head and don't get in under your heart. Make sure that people have similar passions or want to uh, pour into the passions that you have. No matter what you do, make sure you build a team of support, whether it's there locally or if you... And this is a shameless plug in a way for Next Level Ministry. If you're going somewhere where you are a solo youth minister and you don't have a team or someone there to mentor you, you know, employ a coach, like hire a coach to help walk you through ministry. Nextlevelministry.org is a great place you can do that. We have a lot of other friends that do the same thing. Um, friends of ours at Marathon Youth Ministry, P- Project YM, they all do coaching as well. Yep. So check out, like employ someone to be on your team. Nobody should be in ministry without a team. And I know people who literally bring that into the job negotiation. Okay, yeah. moving forward, this is my first year in ministry. For the first two years in ministry, I would like us to invest X amount of dollars a year in ongoing formation, and that includes having a mentor. Yeah. Um, and, and those Absolutely. type of things in regards to building your team, build your team and your network before you get to the city. Yeah. My sister got a job in a uh, in a town that's like a retirement town. It's known for retirement. Um, and she knew she would have to drive 20 minutes south to find young adults, not just to find, you know, just whatsoever. Like it was just old people, old people, old people, young families, young families, young families. And then you keep driving south, keep driving south, and then there's the first young adult you see. And it was like an <laughs> oasis, you know. But look at the city and the demographics as well to make sure you're making uh, making an investment in long term. Is this where I'm going to be successful with friendships? Or am I going to have to worship in another parish, another community? And what does that look like when I have kids and we live two minutes away from the parish I work in, 25 minutes away from the parish that we worship at? It's It's hard. So look at all those pieces. Um, and even location, I know people who have to drive into the community because everyone at their parish makes six figures plus and they're getting paid $19,000 a year to work there. So they have to live, you know, two <laughs> yeah. towns over on the other side of the train tracks just to move yeah. in. I think you should be able to have a reasonable expectation to be a part of the community that you serve. All right, great. Anything else, Chris? I think that's it, Matt. Yeah, we would love to hear from you guys on your thoughts of what does it mean to look for a job. I actually want to hear stories of uh, fails, you know, like the biggest <laughs> biggest mistakes in looking for a job or what does a red flag look like. Just when you say it, don't mention any people's names or any parishes specifically. Just say, I saw this red flag and I knew there was one red flag I experienced when I was interviewing for a job. They called me back for a second interview, but they said, the pastor's not going to be there because he's been accused of misconduct and so he's no longer at our parish. And I politely <laughs> I politely declined that interview and said, go ahead and take my name out of the hat. I didn't want to walk into that situation because I was brand new. This was in college. I was brand yeah. new and there's no way that I had the skill set to be able to navigate that piece. I was I clearly no longer the right person for that position. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so share your red flags with us. What experience have you had that have been red flags without dragging the parish or people through the yeah, mud? Don't, don't gossip. But the best place <laughs> yeah. to share it is facebook.com slash groups slash MLA podcast. We always have good conversations going on there. You can also find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash MLA podcast. And then uh, you can check out our website, mlapodcast.com, and email us, mla at ablazeyouth.org. Please write us a review on iTunes and share this with other ministry leaders. Subscribe to this podcast. Wonderful. And uh, listen to us half speed 
just to hear <laughs> how amazing it is to be in ministry with us. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders, especially those who are yet to become ministry leaders, those who are looking for a position in ministry leadership. That's right. We will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you guys. Bye.